Veterans Path, helping veterans find peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor through practical tools like meditation and mindfulness, physical and outdoor experiences, and a community of camaraderie. I'm John McCaskill, a Navy SEAL commander turned mindfulness teacher. Here on the Veterans Path podcast, I interview veterans, athletes, corporate leaders, and many others who found peace through the practices of meditation and mindfulness, breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good day. Welcome to the Veterans Path Podcast. I'm John McCaskill, your host. And today, my guest is Iron Mike Stedman. Uh, Mike is a three-time National Collegiate Boxing Champion from the United States Naval Academy and Marine Corps Infantry Officer with deployments to Afghanistan and the Pacific. He is the founder and CEO of Ironbound Boxing and Education, a nonprofit organization based in Newark, New Jersey, that provides free amateur boxing training, entrepreneur education, and employment opportunities for Newark youth and young adults. Mike trains CEOs and nationally ranked boxers. Outside of boxing, Mike's provided consulting services to a billion dollar corporation around veteran entrepreneurship. He also serves as an advisor and brand strategist to Dope Coffee, an Atlanta-based e-commerce brand. In conjunction with Dope Coffee, he hosts a weekly podcast entitled Confessions of a Native Son, where he shares his perspectives on race, culture, and business. Through his efforts growing Ironbound Boxing, Mike has established himself as a highly profile, high-profile veteran advocate and the new face of social entrepreneurship. This episode is brought to you by Past Life. Life can change at any moment. Are you prepared? The grief a family feels upon losing a loved one is difficult enough, but the days, weeks, and months that follow are filled with stressful decisions. Past Life is a single solution, secure cloud-based platform where funeral preparations, last wishes, will information, financial assets, business continuation information, social media account information, et cetera, can be uploaded to recipients of the user's choosing. Past Life allows you to alleviate the stress and lift the fog of your loved ones, primarily by giving them a vital trove of information in multiple areas. Veterans Path podcasters, or podcast listeners rather, can save 10% by using the code PATH at checkout. Learn more at pastlife.com. That's pass-life.com. Past Life. Pass your loved ones a lifeline. All right, that all out of the way. Welcome to the show, Mike. Great to have you. What's going on, John? It's a pleasure to be here, man. I've been seeing you getting after it, you know, uh, for a minute. So I'm glad what? we're able to finally connect. Yeah, man, I've got a I've got to model your your entrepreneur lead, man. So I'm excited to have you on the show and and learn more about you and share more about you. More importantly, with with the listeners, with the viewers. So yeah, man, what I normally do, I started off, hey, backing it up to prior to the military. I know you're a Naval Academy grad, uh, fellow Naval Academy grad, but what what inspired you to go into the Navy? What did you do prior to? Did you box growing up or was boxing something that you started at the Naval Academy? Over to you, man. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. People always ask me that. I actually never boxed a day in my life until I stepped foot at the Naval Academy. Um you know, I wanted to join the military um, because 
you know, I was growing up, I was raised in a single parent home in Texas, raised by my mom and, uh, you know, didn't really have a lot of positive male figures around. And I didn't really have a lot of confidence when I was younger. And one of the things that attracted me was the military because it just exuded this strength. You know, I came up in a time back when everybody wanted to be a Navy SEAL. You know, <laughs> it was just something about like, you saw the pictures of them, the, 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 the posters, and you're like, I don't know what those guys have, but I want it. You know, and I, that led me down a path towards the United States Naval Academy because I figured you go to the academy and you could be a SEAL. Now, I didn't know that I didn't like swimming in the cold, wet uh, at the time. But yeah, figure did, that out uh, pretty quick. Yeah, but it did lead me down that path to uh, eventually go to the academy. And uh, when I was there, I got I went to NAPS first. So I did a year at NAPS. Um, and that was when I realized, like, hey, maybe this SEAL thing ain't for me. <laughs> um, but Marine Corps sounds cool. Maybe I'll do Marines. I'll be an infantry officer. Um, but when I got to the Naval Academy, man, I got introduced to the sport of boxing. You know, Coach McNally, very first yep. day, he made us spar. He tossed like three punches and was like, all right, now you guys are going to spar. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, but it was, it went back to what I said before about when I saw those posters, you know, did three one minute rounds. It was such an adrenaline rush. I'm thinking like, wait a minute, like this is new, it's exciting. My heart's pumping, but it's like, yo, people live and breathe this. Like they do boxing, like it's pickup basketball. I was like, I want what they have. And so I decided to, to learn boxing and uh, I had a rough start. I lost my plea of summer smoker in about 30 seconds to a classmate. Um, and a lot, honestly, man, I'm actually going to talk about this on my podcast. A lot of my boxing experience was a combination of, you know, me wanting to get that chip, had a chip on my shoulder because I lost my first boxing match in 30 seconds in front of my entire class at the yeah. Naval Camp. And you know how Pleep Summer is. Um, you talk about mental health, you know, punting it on the one yard line in front of 1,200 new classmates that you don't even really know yet. And this is the first time they get to interact with you. And it's like, man, you're a freaking coward, you know, that you didn't, you know, deliver. And so, yeah. it was just, oh man, it was Until terrible. they step in the ring, man, until they step in the ring. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, what's the, it's the man in the arena, right? And you learn that plebe summer. Come on. <laughs> you should have yeah, been but like, it, was the, it yeah. was the, um, this is your first time in front of your classmates. Yeah. You, know? and you go to Navy, blood, sweat, and tears, heart, leadership, courage. And I got in the ring and I froze. And so a lot of my yeah. early boxing experience was trying to get that back. Nice. Um, my platoon commander, my, my, uh, when I was an assistant officer in charge in the, in the teams and, and then he was my troop commander when I was an officer in charge, J.D. Donaldson. He was a boxer at the academy, class of 98. So what you 2010, so a little bit before your time. Um, but he showed up at my SEAL team. I was a brand new guy, right? <laughs> he shows up and he's like, oh, you went to the academy? You're going to box. Because at Little Creek in Virginia, there, was, there used to be a, a boxing smoker. And, and he took the entire platoon, trained us for six weeks, and then put us in the ring uh, against, you know, anybody else who would fight. So, that, you know, in, at the time, there were people coming from the Amphib base, from the Marine Corps bases, from all over to box in this smoker. And uh, I remember getting in there and, and he said, hey, man, first thing you do, put your hands up, weather the storm. And, and let those other folks tire themselves out. So I did, I went in there, just put my hands up and just got wailed on for a while. And some of my platoon mates were sitting in the crowd. They're like, come on, sir, put your computer down and fight. <laughs> and, yeah. and then and then after the guy tired himself out, I ended up fighting back and ended up winning. It was a blast. But JD also said that 
when you get in the ring and you've got all those people around you, right? I, I did the six week little intro to boxing at the academy, but I hadn't actually boxed in a competition prior to that. So when you get in that ring, like everything gets tuned out and it's just the two of you. And to me, that's mindfulness right there, man. Like being able to block out the rest of the world and just focus on the mission at hand. That was a, that was an amazing experience. But we're not here to talk about my boxing. <laughs> so, so tell me about your time after uh, after you leave the academy. You go into the Marine Corps. How was that for you? Yeah, man. I uh, you know I, I wanted to be an infantry officer, so I graduated. I went right away. I, two weeks after graduation, I was at the basic school. So I went, you know, infantry. Uh, I mean, I went to the basic school, and then I went to IOC in the winter. Now, mind you, I'm from Texas. So I never <laughs> slept outside. I didn't even know what snow was really before Annapolis. And then I go to IOC, the infantry officer course in the winter of 2011, nearly froze to death, but made it through. Um, went to first time eighth Marines down in Jacksonville, North Carolina and yep. uh, deployed with one eight, uh, first time eighth Marines. I deployed with them to Afghanistan, you know, a little under a year later. And so I went to Afghanistan in 2012, Japan and Philippines in 2014. And uh, I decided to transition off active duty um, in 2015 to relocate to, of all places, Newark, New Jersey, with the intent of starting a, a free inner city amateur boxing gym. And so that's what led to Ironbound. Nice. Nice. Well, tell me, before we started talking here, recording live anyway, you, you told me something about the Marine, your, your Marine Corps deployments and, and coming home early from one of those. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, no. So I, uh, you know, I deployed Afghanistan in 2012 and I'll tell y'all, man, I actually got relieved in combat on an operation, you know, on an, it was op. The in, on an op. It was the last op. Uh, it was op jaws, I believe. It was our last operation from that deployment, man. And, uh, you know, that was uh, devastating to me mentally because I felt like I sure. had trained so hard. You know, I went through, I mean, you go, I went to the Naval Academy. I want to be an infantry officer. I want to be a platoon commander, then TBS and IOC and entire workup. And not getting to finish the deployment, you know, with my, uh, not getting to finish that op with my unit and sure. then having to deal with all that kind of stuff, man. So it was real mentally challenging for me, you know, because I came back from deployment, not feeling much like a hero, feeling a little bit more embarrassed and everything else and feel like I couldn't really talk to anybody about it. Um, How did you deal so, with that? You know, um, a couple of things, man. I had to go back to the basics. You know, I, I like box boxing is my base. Yeah. Right. Whenever I'm up against something in life, I've always found that like when I gravitate towards boxing, good things, you know, um, come my way. And so I got back in the gym and just started training again, um, laid off the alcohol. And I, I have this. This is my personal thing. Whenever life gets hard, you know, I stay away from alcohol. I stay away from, you know, anything kind of crazy and just go back to like the basics. And so, you know, that's what I did. And I talked about it on my podcast, but it's like, you know, we don't really talk about this a lot. Like, you know, for veterans that do go to war, you know, we're already dealing with a lot of this stuff, right? But for people like myself, you know, I end up getting relieved in combat. It's like, man, who do you talk to about that? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. where do you go to discuss this stuff? And it's like, I didn't want to talk to my peers, you know, other officers, because I was like embarrassed. You didn't want to look at them in the face. And so it was a sense of, you know, really had to build myself back up. And I, my confidence was shot. That shot my confidence, you know, and I still had what three years left in the Marine Corps. So you yeah. talk about a grind to get back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good on you for finding a way to get back, man. And I mean, then you went, you went to the Pacific after that. How was that deployment? 
I was fantastic, honestly. Yeah. You Good. know, because I'll tell you, uh, and I, I'll say this on this pod, you know, when I was coming out of the academy, there was a sense of, you know, um, it was weird when you're at the basic school and they're like, how many of y'all are Naval Academy? You know, you don't really want to raise your hand, you know, because you're <laughs> yeah. slightly embarrassed because there's this yeah. perception that like you're a Naval Academy guy. So the mistake I made was when I went to the basic school, I went right after uh, Naval Academy graduation. And so I basically was in a class where there weren't that many Academy guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was wearing with all like the PLCers, you know, the ROTC guys, and they're looking at you like you got a target on your head, you know, because <laughs> they want to show you, you know, you got at a Naval Academy, I'm about to show you, you know. Um, yep. And when I got to the fleet too, the other challenge with that was there's just this bond you have with Academy people, you know, just being able to be in a platoon or a company, being able to be in a company with other Navy boxers, you know, peers that you've known for years, you yeah. know, I don't want to see you fail. And so, you know, when I actually went on the second deployment, when I went to Japan, I was surrounded by, you know, guys I've known for years at the academy. And so the support network was just so amazing that I really excelled because as I've gotten older, I've just learned the power of a strong peer group. Like you oh, yeah. need a peer group, you know, to a rising tide lifts all boats. And that's what I had on the, on the second deployment. I thrived. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and. Uh, I see someone here commented brilliance on the basic. That's what it's all about for you. So you're, you're, uh, you took that recovered from that first deployment, took it into the second deployment with your tribe and, and thrive, man. And now since you've gotten out of the military, it sounds like you found a new tribe. And that's another thing I always want to talk about on the show. Sure. We talk about mental health, but we also talk about transition and finding a new tribe because that's something that's always tough how was that transition for you and how did you decide you were going to do what you're doing now you know i had i'm very lucky because i feel like i had a good transition and the reason being is i stayed true to myself you know you know when you're getting out of the military everybody like for especially for naval academy guys you're going to top 10 business school you know <laughs> yeah. either going to top 10 business school or you're going to a top yeah. law school if not what are you doing with your life and i was like <laughs> i want to move you know, I was like, I want to move to Newark. I'm going to start a boxing gym. And people were like, how are you going to make money kind of doing that? And I was like, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. It's my passion. And so I relocated to Newark because I took a job working at a private school in town called St. Benedict's Prep, which is an all-boys school that caters to young men of color. And so I moved down here, you know, and took a job basically running a residence hall, living on campus with 70 teenage boys, you know, <laughs> under the stipulation. I told the headmaster, I said, all I ask is that I get to coach boxing. And he's like, yeah, come on. We got a gym for you and everything. Now, of course, I get here. I didn't have a gym. They didn't have a gym for me. Uh, but, you know, I'm a Naval Academy guy, man. We figure it out. And so I got here. I was living on campus. It was really like running a platoon again, just instead of, you know, 18, 19-year-olds. I'm dealing with, like, you know, 12 to, you know, 18, 19, even some wow. post-grads. And so I was very fulfilled because I felt like I had a reason to wake up every day. You know, I think a lot of veterans, we transition and we lose that sense of purpose, this sense of for like, sure. I'm just working to make other people richer. Like, what are we doing here? But for yeah. me, it was like, yo, if I don't get out of bed and I don't feed the kids and I don't take care of the kids, they're going to suffer. And so, you know, I really took that on. And so that's what helped me have a good transition was to fall into that. And oh, by the way, I worked in the evening. So I had the mornings and the day to myself, which allowed me to cultivate and grow the Ironbound Boxing Academy. Nice. Nice. So tell us about Ironbound, the, the actual, the academy that you've got going on there. Yeah, so uh, Ironbound is a, we're actually a full-on nonprofit. So we have, a, uh, it's Ironbound Boxing and Education. 
We provide free amateur boxing training to Newark youth and young adults. We have a free gym, the Ironbound Boxing Academy. We run a small business incubator called Thrive, where we teach kids entrepreneurship, how to start a small business, and actually give them uh, grants to get started. And then we connect them also with employment opportunities. And the, the, the idea for Ironbound was planted when I was at the Naval Academy. You know, I tell people, um, you don't become a three-time national champ boxing a bunch of midshipmen. You know, I spent time in inner city gyms in Baltimore, DC, Brooklyn, New York. I trained at grim, grimy gyms when I went home on leave. And it always bothered me that a lot of the young men and women inside these gyms had different opportunities that, uh, or life aspirations than my teammates and I from the Naval Academy. I kept hearing this recurring theme that if I'm not in the gym, I'm in the streets. And they felt like their only option was to turn pro. And I thought this was a broken system because, you know, we're boxing, we go to Naval Academy, we're gonna graduate, we're gonna be officers, We'll get out, go to business school, law school, start our own businesses, et cetera. I was like, how do I bring the best of the Navy boxing program to the inner city? And so that's what was always in the back of my head. And then when I was getting ready to transition out of the military, it was like, put up or shut up. You know, I was yeah. looking at going back home, going to Texas A&M to go to graduate school, or do I move to Newark, New Jersey, where nobody really knows me? I mean, how many, let's be honest, Naval Academy, spent alone African-American are moving to a place like Newark? You know, because um, there's always the ego thing, too. I mean, you think about it, right? Like people always want to move forward. And so I think that's why, you know, when you think about like the elite business schools and the big jobs. It all sure. sounds good, you know, but when it's like, man, moving to a place like Newark, it's grimy, it's gruddy. Nobody know. nobody cared. I went to Naval Academy here. It didn't mean anything. But yeah. I just saw this opportunity of like, man, you know, everybody knows New York City for boxing. I was like, man, if I come to Newark, I could really create a brand or something. You know, I can make something of it. And uh, that's what I did. I moved to Newark, start pounding the pavement and uh, had an opportunity to launch uh, the Ironbound Boxing Academy. And as I've grown as an entrepreneur, just funding this free program, you know, it's allowed me to pour back into Ironbound, which is why we launched that small business incubator, because with the onslaught of COVID-19, our local economies was decimated. Still is. Small businesses are hurting. And so a lot of these, you know, I just realized as I've grown and I talk about this on my podcast that keeping kids out of the streets and in the gym is like a Band-Aid on a broken leg. You know, if you want to lower crime and you want to lower violence and you want to lower all these things, empathy and all this stuff, people need meaningful employment. And so now with Ironbound, we're able to deliver on that through our entrepreneur program and then help to connect them with employment opportunities. Because that's the biggest thing, man. A lot of these kids, they need employment. So, like, when, when somebody talks about an, a gym, a boxing gym specifically, like, the last thing in their mind, I, I imagine, is they're going to go to this gym and find out about employment. How do you guys get the word out about what it is you're doing, and how are you guys funded? Yeah, so we're actually funded by veterans like yourself all across the country. Nice. You know, when I first got to Newark, you know, uh, um, they have these things called anchors, right? So, you know, you have Prudential, you have all these big... Uh, corporations, Panasonic, they all basically donate to the same nonprofits year over year. But when you're doing a nonprofit from the ground up, especially like boxing, you know, you know people are not necessarily donating to that right away. But yeah. boxing really speaks to the veteran community. And they came out and just start sending us, you know, $10 monthly recurring donation, $20 here, you know, then the checks start to get bigger, $1,000 here, $5,000 there. And so we've really just kind of built our program off the backs of that because Boxing is a poor man's sport, right? It doesn't cost a lot of money. You know, the biggest thing is having access to a safe, safe facility, 
where kids can train, have access to great coaches and have access to uniforms like I'm rocking here, you know, look good, feel good. And yeah. with regards to the entrepreneurship piece, it's like, you know, I'm an Omega and we live by this model of uh, live your creed. Sermons we see, live your creed. It's easier. To, it's always easy to talk to people about how to live a good life and how to be successful and all this other stuff. But it's another thing to show them, you know? And so for me, I'm always, I make it known to all of my boxers. Look, I don't care about you becoming a professional boxer. That's not the goal. I want you to be a champion in and out of the ring. And nice. so how do we do it? We show it on our social media. We show it how we move. You know, people tell me in Newark, they're like, Mike, you just move different. I was <laughs> like, what do you mean? They can just tell I'm like, they didn't know, like they don't really know about the Naval Academy stuff as much here. Um, and they don't know necessarily about like the veteran stuff. Cause here veterans are tied a lot to homelessness. So mm, veteran yeah. homelessness and all that kind sure. of stuff. And so, you know, here I am, this kind of like prideful veteran. And they're like, Mike just, he just moves different. You know, they'll see me in the gym. And the next thing I know, I'm on like Fox news. And they're like, what is he doing? <laughs> you know? um, but it's just about creating a movement and this idea of more than boxing, this idea that boxing is, uh, you know, you're, you're a seal. Boxing is the foothold in the inner city. Think about it. Boxing gyms are in communities and neighborhoods. Police are scared to go to. But yeah. you go in there, man, kids, it's all love. Everybody's dapping you up. And the fact that our program is free, oh, my God, man. It's like it, I just get the best kids because they know I don't have to work with them or my coaches don't have to work with them. And we yeah. fund them completely. Uniform, gloves, you That's know, amazing, all that kind man. of stuff. That's amazing. I see one of uh, my uh, our fellow veterans, Ted Handler, uh, he's asking, is Ironbound Boxing a 501c3? You guys are, uh, are a full 501c3. We are a 501c3. We have a board of directors and everything. Right on. We're, so yeah, we're for, those, for those listening, hey, think about donating to, to Ironbound. That's uh, that's phenomenal, man. That's a great idea. And you definitely are in the right place. And your heart is coming through there for sure. I love I love what you're doing. Well, what about the uh, your podcast what inspired the the podcast and what it is like the the topics that you guys cover and uh, how did you how did you come about doing that yeah man I will you know you're a friend right it's the Naval Academy I'll tell you um, when I left Texas to go to the Naval Academy first I had to go to Rhode Island you know it was the first time I was really truly made aware that I was different and by different I mean you know African-American black mm -hmm. male because yeah. you go to an environment like Rhode Island, I was like, man, I need to get a haircut. Where are there barbers that like, are there any black barbers around here? Yeah. You know, and just all this other stuff. And so it it was a very like, I don't call it like an identity crisis, but just this sense of like, man, like I'm kind of out here. And so, cause there's not a lot, you know, um, at the Naval Academy in general. Right. And so um, it just made me a lot more selfful. And I was always good at history. I always loved history. But once I got to the Naval Academy, I start to seek answers to why are there not a lot of African-Americans at the Naval Academy? And I started to read, you know, about Wesley Brown and all this kind of stuff. So it began this journey uh, down African-American history. And then once I got to the Academy, it only amplified it, you know, uh, because as a black male, you know, I, I live this motto, lift as I climb, you know, this idea of like, I don't want to be the only one on the mountaintop, right? Like I want to bring other people along. And so I was always studying. I was always reading there. And I studied history at the Academy, um, American culture and social military history. And then um, I, when I was getting out, you know, I wanted to go to grad school for African-American studies uh, when I moved to Newark. And I was looking at Columbia's African-American studies program. And I was going to do that. But then, you know, Rutgers Newark was right across the street from where I was working at St. Benedict's. And so I did some research 
I didn't really know what American studies was compared to African-American studies, but I just knew it was across the street. And I also <laughs> knew that like, you know, me being an outsider moving into Newark, because in Newark, you can't be from Newark unless you're born and raised in Newark. But I was like, mm. look, if I live here, I have my gym here, I go to school here, I put myself in the best position possible to be an advocate for the city of Newark. And so nice. I went, uh, met with the program director, American Studies. He's like, look, it's really kind of all the same, just your focus. And he basically offered me admins to the program on the spot. So I enrolled at Rutgers Newark to start studying American Studies with a real focus on public history and African-American history. And I just get a deep dive in it and loved it. Like I'm always reading James Baldwin and you know Malcolm X and all this kind of stuff. And then right. what led me to do my podcast was for us as African-American males, particularly from the Naval Academy, people really don't know how we think or how we view different issues, you know? And I feel like there's a lot of challenges that black people face in this country well before George Floyd. You know, I know a lot of people saw George Floyd like, oh my God, I had people calling me from the Naval Academy, Mike, you okay? I'm like, listen, man, I've been black for a long time. I, I started laughing, but that's a, that's a great reply. <laughs> yeah, I literally got probably like 200 phone calls about wow. George Floyd. Like, hey, Mike, I saw you in Plebe Summer, like, you know, 15 years ago, uh, just checking on you. I'm like, listen, man, I'm good. But for me, it's that itch that's part of my brain that I've always wanted to scratch. Yeah. Right? So it's like I have buckets, right? It's like Mike the boxer. I love coaching boxing. Then it's like Mike the entrepreneur, you know? But then there's like Mike, this idea of like really doing a deep dive on race, culture, and business and understanding how to meet these challenges that black people face in this country and putting it in a historical context. Um, and so that's the platform for me, Confessions of a Native Son. And it's a head nod to James Baldwin um, and Richard Wright, you know, yeah. this idea of social commentary. And yeah. the difference between James Baldwin and Richard Wright was they're not better. And so when I think of Native Son, it's the platform for a black veteran to speak. You know, I did a whole rant on George Floyd. When George Floyd happened, so many people were calling me. I was like, yo, go listen to the podcast. Uh, I nice. did a podcast episode called George Floyd. And people were like, I've never heard you speak like that, you know, because for us as African-Americans, you know, I'll tell you, you want to talk about mental health? You know how many, I, I forgot where I read it, but about 50 per, 90% of people spend 50% of their time lying, hiding, and faking at work. You know, it's this idea yeah. of they can't really be themselves. And in the military too, you know, you see people, you think you know them, then you go home and they're ranting and raving, they're dealing with, you know, black women are dealing with their hair. It's all this other mental stuff that happens. And so for me, you know, the podcast is just a platform that really have these deep and honest conversations from someone that, you know, people may or may not um, know thinks like that. Right. Yeah. I've heard that that lying, hiding and faking before. I, th I think I heard it. Uh, there was a Next Jump Academy that a buddy yeah. of mine went to and came back from that. He's, they had a little sticker that said no more LHF or something like that. So that's where I got it from because yeah. I trained the CEOs of the company in boxing. I oh, really? boxing for almost two years. Yeah. How <laughs> random question, but it's kind of got me thinking how many CEOs come to a boxing gym and they're like, Hey, I want to learn boxing. Well, I actually went to them. They didn't come to my gym, you know? Really? They, yeah. They needed somebody to train them. They're co-CEOs. So I went and I was training them and they're like, you're a little different. We didn't, we haven't met a trainer like you. And they invited me to their leadership Academy and I wow. went Yeah. and that's how I found out about the lying, hiding, and faking. And so I've been yeah. telling the people that ever since. You know, for me, here's the deal. I'll tell you, John. Um, I want people to accept me for me. 
you know, and I want to be able to show up in a space and be my authentic self, right? Even as an entrepreneur, as a podcast producer, whatever you, boxing coach, you know, I want people to accept me for me. And so yeah. the podcast and the platform, A Native Son, it allows me to express my true self, you know, and love it or hate it, you know, but at least people know what they're getting. And I've found that, you know, people are, have a lot more um, respect when you do, you know, make a hard stance on certain things, you know? Yeah. It's like yeah, people are like, hey, sure. I don't necessarily agree with you, but I get so many, you know, I have people that mess me all the time. They're like, Mike, I'm not your perfect listener. I'm like a, a lifelong Republican, you know, white guy, but I really enjoy your perspective. And it well. goes back to <laughs> the idea of, you know, before the sound bites and all this stuff, people used to actually have dialogue with each other. And yes. at the very least, if you don't agree with someone, you had a better understanding of where they're coming from. Uh, we could definitely use more of that in this day and age, for sure. Talking about your true self, uh, something that you mentioned right before the, the show was that you had meditated this morning. Um, and obviously with Veterans Path, teaching mindfulness and meditation, that's one thing I, I always love to talk about. How, how did you find meditation and, uh, and why do you practice? All right, I'll tell you, you know, I'm when I first got out the military, right? I'm still a Marine infantry guy. I had a shaved head, protein shaker, you know, <laughs> just that listening to Jocko podcast. Yeah. You know, I'm ready to go. Yo, put Jocko on. I'm fired up, you know. Um, and my I had a girl, my my girlfriend at the time, she always was like, You're so intense, you're so intense, but I didn't know what she meant, you know. And I'll tell you, man, we actually went through a breakup and we were together for like three years, and I went through a breakup, and it was right at the time when I quit my job at St. Benedict's to focus on Ironbound full time. And so I used to think that meditation, vegan, pescatarian, all this stuff was like hokey pokey. You yep. know, we also, I used to call them hipsters. Then all <laughs> of a sudden, man, I quit my job. I had all this anxiety, the entrepreneurship, going through a breakup. I was like, yo, I'm about to die. You know, I, I found myself dry heaving in my bathroom. You know, I was like, this is the end of Mike Stedman, you know? And I stopped reading a lot of those books and a lot of the entrepreneurs, they were all meditating, you know, yeah. eating, you know, stop eating meat, all this other stuff. And so I was like, you know, what's the worst that could happen? So what I started doing, I started meditating. I started reading. I stopped eating meat. I became pescatarian and I just kind of found a strength in myself. And so it's like, if it's, it ain't... You know, it just started to work. And so that's how I became a true believer. And now this is where I struggle, John, I'll tell you, is a lot of times, you know, you lean on meditation, you lean on mindfulness, all this stuff, eating healthy, working out when you're getting yourself out of somewhere. Right? Yeah. So like yeah. in the days of like starting Ironbound, there's no money coming in. You know, I'm just on hopes and dreams. And so that's when I really got hit hard. Then I find myself, man, you got money coming in, clients are coming, you know, so now you're in the grind. But now that you're in the grind, you stop doing all the stuff that yeah. got you there and made you successful in the first place. And so right. it's like, man, I got to constantly reset myself and say, man, I need to go back, go back to the basics. You know, somebody said brilliant in the basics, but staying grounded in that because it's so easy. And I struggle with this daily of stopping doing the stuff that got me to be successful where I'm at today. Yeah. Well, how do you get back to that? Like you mentioned, you said you get back to it. How do you? Self-awareness is one of the yeah. first things you got to have self-awareness. Um, and it goes back to having that peer group, you know, uh, I'm, I'm thankful, man. I just, I made a lot of moves early on. I have a business coach. I'm part of a business group called the lion's pride. Um, and it is a peer group of basically business owners that we hold each other accountable. You know, we go to quarterly live events. I'm going to Jackson hole, you know, um, this week to nice. go meet with them and do some quarterly planning. 
but having a strong peer group of people that are holding you accountable, right? Whether it's at the gym, you know, I pay for a CrossFit gym membership, right? Sometimes yeah. I don't feel like going, but I know that at the end of the day, right, I'm paying this money and it's somebody holding me accountable. And at yeah. the very least, no matter how bad I'm feeling, like as long as I show up, I'll get a workout in. So that takes care of the fitness. And then this, the accountability group of like my goals and my aspirations and just people checking in on you, you know, hey man, how you doing? You going quiet? We haven't heard from you, you know, and, and letting people know that it's okay for them to have that access to you. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, another comment here from uh, John Crotech. He says, you got to be able to look in the mirror and accept that person. And John, John, I got to, I got to give a shout out to John. He's a veteran entrepreneur as well. This shirt is actually from his company. Let me see. I'm going to turn the right way. Hashtag planet. Uh, he's got a, a organization where he promotes nonprofits, veteran nonprofits. Uh, so maybe you and John need to connect and he can put out some more Ironbound shirts uh, for, for uh, Ironbound, but this one's the Veterans Path one. So thanks, John. Appreciate the shirt. Um, so uh, that, sorry, sidetrack. Uh, dope coffee, man. Tell me about yep. dope coffee. Yeah, I'll tell you, it was the ultimate flex. I'll tell you about dope yeah. coffee. And what do I mean by flex, right? People always see you working together. They see you working on a project. They're like, man, I see you doing this. I see you doing that. Mike Lloyd, the founder of Dope Coffee, me and him are like this. He is yeah. my literally brother from another mother. We were in Afghanistan. We were in the basic school together. We were in, uh, we were deployed together. You know, we had some time on deployment. I was with my unit. He was with his unit. And we just came together. And uh, Mike hit me up probably three years ago and was like, he started a coffee company, a little coffee kiosk. Because you know when you're in Afghanistan, it was the green bean. The green bean. You know? yeah. He saw that. And he was like, hmm, I can make one of those. And he launched a company in Sneeds Ferry, North Carolina, uh, Solar Cafe using the same model of green bean, except it was out there. And the hurricane hit and uh, he ended up having to close it down. Okay. But he hit me up and was like, Mike, I got this something I'm working on. I love you to be a part of it. I had just quit my job. I was going through the breakup. I was dry heaving in my bathroom. You know, I was like, listen, man, now's not a good time, you know, whatever. But I saw the logo for it probably about a year later after that phone call. And I was like, dope coffee. I was like, I'm in, you know? And so I basically did a couple different projects. The first thing I did was a video series called Lift As We Climb. And I would post videos of me interviewing, um, you know, founders on my LinkedIn, you know, little YouTube videos, whatever. But I, I closed that down to launch the Confessions of a Native Son podcast. And when I say, well, the reason I call it Ultimate Flex, I didn't even ask Mike for permission. I just hit him up and I said, Mike, I'm launching a podcast called Confessions of a Native Son. It's sponsored by Dope Coffee, you know, and we're going to use it to drive traffic to your business and awesome. uh, elevate the brand. And so that's what we did. And then just through the process of it, it's just like just helping people. You know, that's all business is. It's for, at the end of the day, it's all about helping each other. And I being a part of Dope Coffee, even with just that my little podcast, right? Mike has taken his company from, you know, him and his wife and his cousin. Now they got like 12 employees. They did a crowdfund campaign over like $115,000. You know, they're making moves, you know, but it's just me helping a buddy and it's just that's been awesome. great. Well, you said, <clears throat> excuse me, you said that's what business is all about, helping other people. I, I don't know that everybody uh, would agree, but I think somebody would, with a heart of service like you it definitely, it definitely is exuding in, in your character and your charisma. And then it's paying off because your heart is in the right place. Going back to what we talked about earlier, your heart of service. So 
not only your heart of service in your nonprofit, but your heart of service in giving back to your, your fellow Marines, your heart of service in giving to back to fellow veteran entrepreneurs. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And I think that that may not be the purpose of business, but it's definitely your purpose is to help other people out. So that's, that's phenomenal, man. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we're, we're starting to come up to the, the end of the show here, brother. What have we not spoken about that you want to make sure we cover for, for the audience watching or listening later? Well, I, I'm going back to what you said about, you know, helping people. Like, I wish I could say that, like, I knew that from the very beginning, but I didn't. I was like everybody else, like trying to do all these random networking events and all this other stuff to try to launch my venture, the nonprofit, et cetera. But then, man, again, I, I got to give credit to my peer group, you know, the Lions Pride. You know, it just being around people, I just realized that, you know, people like to do business with people they can trust. And yeah. how do you trust people? By giving and helping people. And so I started to just, you know, I used to be terrified of sales calls. I used to be terrified of donation calls. Now, every time I get on a call with someone, the first thing I ask is like, how can I help you? And even if I can't help you as like a client or something, I might know somebody who can later on and I'll make the intro. And then on the yeah. nonprofit side, it blows people away when I sit there and get on a call with them and they're talking, you know, somebody makes an intro and then I'm like, Hey, how can Ironbound help you? They're yeah. like, uh, 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 I thought I was just coming on to give a donation. I didn't, Hmm. I need to think about that for a moment. And <laughs> it just, you know, it's a really just powerful concept because for me, when I think of business, right, there's this perception that business has to be this whole corporate ruthless, all that kind of stuff, man, that's a certain type of businesses. Yeah. I appreciate small business because small business is very relational. You know, I don't know. I, I didn't grow up with a dad. So I don't know about you, John, maybe you did, but you always hear about people going golfing with their clients and all that yeah. kind of stuff or going fishing. Yeah. Um, and you're like, wait, but they're business, right? Like they're invoicing each other and all this kind of stuff. But like, that's what business is. It's very relational. And it's like, why can't we do that? And so, you know, I, I want to encourage veterans out there that are watching you know, because we know we're entrepreneurs. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, you probably have a side hustle or something yeah. you're working on. Man, just freaking help people, man. Just help people. And it comes back. And I'm telling you, if you focus on helping other people and making other people better, right, they're going to make you better in return. Guaranteed. Right on, man. So if people want to find out more about Ironbound, they want to find out more about you specifically, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, you can all can just reach out to me on LinkedIn, Iron Mike Stedman. You know, there's a reason I have that. I got the little cartoon uh, <laughs> avatar. Uh, if you want to support our nonprofit arm, ironboundboxing.org, just go to the website, make a donation. Man, your donation supports free amateur boxing, entrepreneur education, and employment opportunities for Newark youth and young adults. And there's something I will tell you that I haven't gone too public with, but I actually launched a podcast production company uh, under the Ironbound umbrella. So it's Ironbound Media. It is a for-profit uh, entity, but what we do is we help uh, brands and organizations launch podcasts. So I call it podcasts like a platinum album. Everybody thinks you have to launch these, you know, me and you run shows. Yeah. Uh, doing a show week over week can be exhausting and daunting, exhausting. Exhausting. but you can do five, 10 episode series that just keeps on serving. You know, a platinum hit is a platinum hit 30 years later. Why not the yeah. same with podcasts? And so that's what me and my brand do. So we help, help you all launch these podcasts and, uh, I'm just growing. I'm learning. If I can help you, if there's anybody in my network that can help you, you know, feel free to reach out. And uh, I'm just excited to be here and connect with other amazing veterans doing great stuff. Solid, man. Well, 
I may be reaching out to you for some help with that podcast production later. Cause like you said, you do them yeah. week after week or day after day, it gets exhausting. And, and honestly, I get a lot of energy from the conversation. I, I love the conversations, but then afterwards when I'm sitting there in my closet <laughs> doing, yeah. the, doing the post-production, that's when it gets just exhausting. So anyway, man, this has been so much fun. Thanks so much, Iron Mike, for coming on today. Uh, I, I love getting to know you. I love getting to know what you're about and everything that you're doing and everything that we've discussed. I'll make sure our, that's all in the notes. We already had somebody here on LinkedIn Live put your uh, Ironbound Boxing uh, in, the, in the comments so people can check that out and donate. Um, well, that's all I got, brother. If, uh, if you don't have anything else, we'll wrap it up, man. Yeah, and I, I do want to give a plug for Barker Labs, y'all. I do work with oh, Barker yeah. Labs as well big part of my professional growth as an entrepreneur, you know, that is always my tribe. And so I want to encourage people to check out, you know, bunkerlabs.org and get on Bunker Online. I actually run a podcast for Bunker Labs called The Transition, where nice. I interview veterans who've made the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. So feel free to check that out as well. Yeah. And, and Bunker Labs is great with their veterans in residence programs there. Uh, and I saw one of our, one of my uh, or our mutual friends, Karen Charchan, she's up at Bunker Labs up in DC and uh, she's she's a great friend and, and they do, they do phenomenal things for veteran entrepreneurs or vetpreneurs. So yeah, definitely a great shout out. Well, Mike, like I said, this has been a blast and until we speak again, stay safe and stay healthy, my friend. Peace, thanks everyone. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority, improving and saving lives 24-7.